to Expounded Universe, Season 12, Episode 4, LF1M, Healer Needed, Bioengineer Preferred. The book, Ruins of Dantooine, by Veronica Whitney Robinson and Hayden Blackman. The year, 2004. Chapter 6 and 7, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. Welcome back to Expounded Universe. It's our Star Wars novel discussion podcast, which we started a long time ago and should have stopped a long time ago, too. But here we are. I'm Jeff, joined, as always, by my co-host, John. Hi, John. Hi. How you doing? Oh, I'm all right. In fact, I'm doing better than all right. I'm doing yeah? good. Why's that? Uh, because I save people. You see, I'm doing I- good. Like Superman. Oh, okay. I see. You were hoping for one of them, you don't do good, you do well, Superman does good type of things. Every time someone tells me that, I'm like, fuck you, you don't know what I do. (laughs) You don't know about me and my free time. Maybe I'm going around doing good. Is your pedantry worth the notion that I might not be going out and making the world better? Eat a dick. It'll make the (laughs) world better. Uh, But I know you, (sighs) so I know you don't do good, so it's fine. That's not true. I'm raising a beautiful daughter who now can identify at least seven kinds of dinosaur. Ooh. I'm working on her. She's got, she can tell between certain types of, uh, of uh, hyper carnivorous ones. Like she can tell the difference between an Allosaurus and a T-Rex now. Nice. Yeah. No, we're getting, we're making some serious inroads. We, we, we learned Ankylosaurus today and I'm starting to work on Pachycephalosaurus, which mostly is just hard to get her to say. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's some uh, that's some syllables you got to put in there. Yeah, I, t- Pachycephalosaurus is a rough one, but did you know there's a little tiny one called a Micropachycephalosaurus? As far as I know, it's the largest and longest dinosaur name. Hmm. For a little tiny guy. Well, it's just a little guy. It's just his a, birthday. Just a little teeny guy. Yeah, I'm in a good mood, John, because we got advanced copies of our our second book today. I know. It's great, and it actually it looks real class. I gotta say that. Yeah, this book looks good. The first book, yeah, it looked classy, but it wasn't classy. So you know, you had this kind of contrast. Where this one, it it is useful. It's a cocktail recipe guide for for nerd themed parties, uh, but also it looks really fucking good. I'm really excited with this. This looks good on the shelf. Yeah, I uh, I love the way it turned out. I think it's mm-hmm. great. I enjoy the fact that they. D- uh, definitely didn't use all of the jokes that we put in there. <laughs> oh, really? Did they cut jokes? I did uh, not see that. Yeah, there are there are definitely some drinks in there that I'm like, oh, we put a joke with that, and that's not there. And I'm I'm wondering if it's because we were a little too blue. Oh no. Okay. Well, I guess I'll have to see if there's any drinks that have straight up been removed because a couple of them definitely had some uh, some risque elements to them. <laughs> Don't worry though. If you spend, if you send us extra money, I'll just tell you those jokes on the side. And yes, they will be quite bad. It will not be a good exchange for you. Not at all worth it. But hey, if you want to give us money anyway, the new book's called Dungeon Meister. It's on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, it can be tricky to find because the U does have an umlaut. Ah, the umlaut. I think it costs fifteen bucks, and it comes out December fifteenth. But you can pre-order it now, and you'll have your copy 
right away, ready for the holidays. Heck yeah! Do it. It's going to be great. It's a fun new book. I'm excited about it. Uh, otherwise, we are here to talk about some Star Wars, so I guess we could do that. We could. Yeah. But instead, let's keep talking about this book. Instead? Hey, how you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm feeling so good. I'm excited because I just ordered a bunch of tasty Japanese food. It's going to be a good day. Nice. Yeah. All right. So, oh, and also I think uh, Michigan certified after deciding twice in a row that they would be the first state to be like, nah, you know what? Democracy, we tried it. (laughs) Not into it. And (laughs) not into it anymore. Hard pass. But they finally (laughs) got badgered into certification. (laughs) So that's good. That'll tell people what day we recorded this. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Man, I ordered some Chinese food last night. Yeah? Uh, Delivery guy was delivering it on a bike, and I get a call after like 20 minutes after he has picked it up, and he tells me that he's going to have to be late because he needs to change routes because the route he is on is full of raccoons. And I don't know how full is full of raccoons to stop someone on a bike from being like, I can't get through here. It's impassable terrain now. (laughs) That is a surprisingly large required number of raccoons. I mean, uh, I have this story. When I was driving to my parents' house one night, I was like 22, uh, and I saw in a street lamp light just a a hunched shadow of a figure that looked like it was 10 feet tall and didn't look quite human and was waving gross little arms around. And it was just a raccoon standing over there on it, on its hind legs, just kind of going, Aah! and that thing scared. So I would, uh, I wouldn't have biked down that street, even though it was one raccoon. I don't know what the fuck that thing was doing, but it had intent. Okay. Anyway. So, so anyway, uh, right away, we, we jump into it right where we left off. A dusk Mist Flyer has agreed to more or less join the rebellion because uh, she doesn't see any other option for herself. And she is still getting dragged along by the hand by our handsome hero, Finn Dark Trin. Indeed. And Finn is, you know, he's doing a decent job of at least trying to stay out of public places, you know, dragging her along through back alleys and whatnot. But they've got to get to a shuttle that. Dusk doesn't even know what the shuttle is or where it goes. She's just like, yeah, all right. Take yeah, me mostly wherever you want. <laughs> Based on the last line of the previous chapter, which was like, I'll trust you then. I'll trust you for now. <laughs> we know that she's more or less just throwing herself into this guy's charge. And it's very much this guy's charge because right away he's like, we have to run to that shuttle. Can you do that? Hey, patriarchy talking. Can you even run? What are you wearing? Heels? Can you run in those? (laughs) She's like, dude, I have routinely described myself throughout this book as being dressed like a Ghostbuster. Yes, I can run. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do appreciate Finn's planning here in that he was like, okay, I'm going to essentially stall for time until we get close enough to the shuttle and it's very near to taking off so that we can run for it and not be suspicious looking because it just yeah. looks like we're trying to catch a shuttle and we are late. Yeah, and then obviously there'll still be a a, a stormtrooper on the, the shuttle and they'll have to throw him out the window and say, no ticket, 
but you know, at least that's just one guy they have to deal with. Yeah. And so, of course they'll have to do that when they're in space and that's going to cause a whole new set of problems. Nope. Star Wars space. You can just open windows. It's a, it's a thing that's well-documented. And also when you throw a stormtrooper out, they fall. They actually go down away from, from relative to where you're throwing them. And oddly enough, you can hear their Wilhelm scream in space. <laughs> yeah. One, every two of them, Wilhelm screams and the other one does the goofy. <laughs> I I Which, know that you're probably talking about, you know, the yell of Goofy, but I'm just imagining them doing that dance from a Goofy movie as they fly out into space. Okay, but first of all, that dance is called the perfect cast. But first of all. <laughs> but first of all. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. I like the idea of throwing a stormtrooper into space and he starts doing the perfect cast. Oh, yeah, obviously, because he's trying to cast himself back into mm-hmm. the ship. I really wish that that uh, Disney wasn't so tight-assed about all of its properties, because how great would it be if the Wilhelm eventually got supplanted by the Goofy? <laughs> so that in every crappy horror movie, you see some guy fall off of a like high railing or something, and he actually goes, ah, hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-y, instead of the classic Wilhelm scream. It, that, would be, that would make me very happy. It would be great. I would love it. I mean, there are definitely some other screams that you for sure notice if you watch enough stuff mm-hmm. that don't have names yet. And I feel like that's some good ground to tread. If you want some, uh, some Hollywood cred, be like, Ooh, yeah, I'm going to name this other scream. Yeah, like the all yeah, real I, monsters scream shows up pretty frequently. Is that the one that kind of sounds like super open mouth and it's just like kind of thing? Yeah, there's whatever the last scream for the credits, the opening credits of Ah Real Monsters was. It's like, and that one shows up a lot. Like, I do know that there is another named scream. And technically, there's several because the, the uh, of the the screams you hear in, in movies, the, the goofy scream is actually called the goofy holler, and it doesn't show up because it's protected. Uh, then there's the Wilhelm, and also... <laughs> That There's, really just sounds you, like a great place to go in, like, the Appalachian Mountains. I'm going down to Goofy Holler. <laughs> Honestly, if if a Disneyland had a Goofy Holler in it, I would not be surprised. <laughs> uh, the other one I, I'm familiar with is, I think it's called the Howie. Oh, yeah, from Howie Mandel. <laughs> it's named after Howie Long, uh, <laughs> which is weird because it's not from... Uh, it's not from a Howie Long death scene. Howie Long, you'd have heard it in the movie Broken Arrow when the, when Howie Long's character fell off a building or whatever. Uh, but I, I, I'm not sure where it's from. But I know that the Howie is another one. It's it's the Long scream, and you'd know it immediately if you heard it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So anyway, sorry about all that. Uh, that was a, a a great story to get into about a thing that doesn't even happen in the book. They they rush the shuttle, and they manage to be some of the last people on, although they do have to push their way past a Trandoshan doctor. Indeed. A medic is on their ship. What level is he? Why, we don't know. Yeah, we'll never know, although there weren't levels in that game, so we know that. Yeah. Uh, but, right, but as she's looking around the shuttle, she's like, wow, everyone on the shuttle seems like they're some kind of warrior or mercenary or something. Everybody looks all hard-assed, and they have cool weapons and shit. I wonder what I've wandered into. Is this some sort of, like, illegal soldier flight? And, you know, the the truth of the matter is that, that uh, 
it's because she's getting on a shuttle that goes from one planet in Star Wars Galaxies to another, and those just have player characters in them. Oh, yeah. Well, plus she's going to a, like, a higher-end zone. Mm-hmm. So you got to have your, your uh, big-deal dudes, especially your Trandoshan medic, who's probably going out there to set up shop on in whatever local outpost they have's medical facility. Oh, yeah. And, of there, course, give you none, so of this, many boosts. none of this is enough to actually keep her interest for long as she immediately passes out and goes to sleep. Yeah. Now, we get a, a large chunk of the chapter is given over to her being grumpy about uh, about passing, uh, passing out because she wakes up. She's like, I was supposed to keep silent vigil for my dead friend, and instead I fell asleep like a child. <laughs> But she gets uh, it's fine. You didn't actually fall asleep. It's just there. there's a screen that goes to black in between your shuttling between planets. So <laughs> yeah, get a load screen with a tip that's like, hey, don't forget to visit the Moenia, the the plant, the, the city that's here. And uh, while you're there, remember to log off and go outside once in a while. <laughs> People appreciate it if you're courteous upon leaving a group. That is good advice. Ooh, thank you, game. <laughs> So, uh, Finn shakes her awake. Uh, the, the, most of the shuttle is empty now, and there are only a few people get, getting off, and she's like, what the hell? Where, what, what is this? And he's just like, yeah, come with me. So she walks outside and smells the air, and it smells like Easter eggs, and so she's like, oh, okay, I know where I am. It and smells he's like, like Easter eggs? Yeah. Yeah. It smells like nasty Easter eggs. It smells like sulfur. What do you want? It smells like sulfur. Is that better? <laughs> Rotten eggs like would be the correct thing Rotten. to say. It smells like rotten Easter eggs. There you go. Just combine it all. Okay. It smells mm-hmm. like Easter eggs that got hidden for an Easter hunt. About a week later, you find it. Mm-hmm. Right near some burnt matches. <laughs> uh, so he comes out behind her, and he's like, well, don't you even want to know what planet you're on? And she, uh, this whole chapter is her just smugly showing off her class features. Ah. She's like, N- She's like, no, I know what planet we're on. Based on the sulfur smell, we're on the planet Locke. Obviously. Duh. There's only one planet in Star Wars with sulfur lakes. Look, I'm a biologist, and I'm good at my job. And this place has a stink lake and also angry birds, so I know where we are. Yeah, there's a flightless bird nearby that, while they're hanging around at the spaceport... Uh, getting ready to go off and do whatever their, their mission is, just gets murdered by some sort of leaping spiky snake in front of them. A uh, Kimogilla? No, that's not the Kimogilla. Those are two different things. Oh, yeah, the, the Kimogilla's in the river. Yeah, there's Kimogilla's in the river, uh, and you'd know the word Kimogilla, I bet, John, because that's that name uh, later on was approximated into one of the fighters for the mercenary faction in the X-Wing game, the, the tabletop. Yeah, it's a heavy hut fighter, uh, the Kamogala. They've spelt it differently here, but it's clearly the same thing. So apparently the Kamogala is named after some kind of, like, sulfur lake hippo. I mean, it could be Kimohila, and it could be, like, Gila monster instead of Gila. <laughs> yeah, because the closest language to Huttese, obviously, when you're talking about how to read the letters, is Spanish. Obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Kamogalas or Kimohilas or whatever you want to call them, are uh, apparently a large predator that she's familiar with on this planet. Amazingly, we don't immediately run into one. I know. The fact that they even spend time being like, oh, it's one of the most venomous creatures and it can swallow a Wookiee whole. And they go back and forth about it. And then it just doesn't show up. And I'm like, oh, 
Where's where's Chekhov's Komogula? <laughs> Why would a species that's extremely venomous also swallow things whole? I guess well, that's what poisonous be- snakes do, but that's very specific. Poisonous snakes or venomous snakes? <laughs> Both. Poisonous snakes also do it. <laughs> Both. The only di- the only difference with them is if you eat them, you'll die. Yeah, that's the only difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, toxic snakes, on the other hand, <laughs> they're slipping under. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John, what about uh, <laughs> what, if, what about genetically modified snakes loaded up with toxic venom from cancer-infested rats? <laughs> God damn it. Those are all... <laughs> you remembered that. Of course I remembered that. Oh, no one listening to this knows what we're talking about, but hey, go check out Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Yeah. Or rather, well, our still... review of it, because don't watch that. No, please do watch it. It's got a lot of bolt-on 80s boobs. It's great. And it's got a guy saying, those those people must be smoking some heavy doobies. It's worth watching. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> Now, as they're waiting around trying to get their bearings and figure out where they need to head to next, we get a quick conversation where uh, Dusk assumes that they're here because they're going to meet the Alliance. Like, this must be a rebel hideout. And Finn's like, no, this is a pirate hideout, and I'm friends with a pirate. I have connections to a pirate who is notorious enough so that Dusk even knows who this pirate is, even though she's a sheltered science baby. Mm-hmm. Yep, obviously we're going to have to go see the dread pirate Nim, because his stronghold is apparently on lock. Uh, Nim is such a, a, a big name drop that he's actually canon. Like, he's in the canon of Star Wars now. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. This guy, uh, we you'd know him again from the X-Wing card, or the X-Wing tabletop game. Uh, he's the one who has that really broad ship, the Skurg. Ah, oh, the Skurg. The one that was yeah, fucking the, up the meta for a while. Yeah, because of its bomblet generator. Exactly. that The Skurg H6 Havoc uh, was in some video game where you could play as Captain Nim. Hmm. So so this guy's a big deal. He's probably, well, other than the fact that Leia was in the opening chapter, this is probably the biggest deal we've seen so far. Probably. Yeah. So they need to go find him, and everyone's heard of the dread pirate Nim, so she's a little put off by the fact that this guy is not just a rebel, but a rebel with some criminal tendencies? Which, get over yourself. All rebels are criminals by design. <laughs> that's That's uh, the whole point. Who else do you think they're going to turn to? <laughs> yeah. So while they're getting ready to go, she starts taking note of the other people who were still hanging around the spaceport. And it's clear that they are just MMO adventuring parties. Jesus Christ. When I was reading this, I was like, okay, you know, the last few chapters that we've gone over, there've been some nods to MMO stuff. You're like, oh, uh, there's one of those stations where you would be able to build a thing. And, you know, we talk about, the dancers or, you know, the musicians. How she has scout experience. That yeah. She had to learn scout experience in college or whatever. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of little references here and there. But this is the first time I feel like they straight up walked into an MMO because mm-hmm. she's like, oh, look, <laughs> there's a group over there of various well-armed, well-armored people, and <laughs> they're looking for more. 
they're LFM, baby. And some of them are getting their gear together. They're working at crafting stations to make tranquilizer darts. And just then, a bounty hunter class guy comes walking up with his pole arm, leans on, and is like, hey, we're getting together with a hunt, LF1M. And, you know, obviously Finn, who I think is the only person in this entire universe who does not realize he's in an MMO, is like, no, thanks. We're good. And the the bounty hunter's like, hey, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the person I assume is a sexy lady because of their avatar. Also, I clicked and, you know, she's a bioengineer and we do need heels. Yeah, we need heels and they can Look, make I'm already packs. a bounty hunter. We got one in the group. It's fine. We don't need you. <laughs> What makes you think I'm a bounty hunter? I'm clearly a spy. I don't even know what the fuck Finn's supposed to be at this point. <laughs> we find out in this episode he's a lousy pilot, so I know he's not that. Uh, anyway, he's clearly hitting on Dusk, which, I mean, on the one hand makes sense because we've been constantly being told that she's super sexy despite her best intentions, and yep. every man wants to wants to, to thrice lay her. Uh, but... It's funny because we got so much MMO context in this scene where they're all very clearly an adventuring party that uh, when he comes up and he's like, hey, are you a real female? Why don't you come in our party and I'll relentlessly hit on you in DMs? Yeah. And instead, she's just like, no, I don't want to go with you. And Finn kicks this guy's ass. God, it. the problem is she doesn't even get to say no before Finn is like, I'm going to sweep your leg and put a gun to your head. We said we've got stuff to do. Now leave the lady alone. I'm like, wow, you aren't even going to let her speak for herself. Great. I hope you grab her and take her somewhere now. Yep, yep. Honestly, this whole this whole episode is going to be full of her getting to say things that sound badass, but it's very clear that no one is taking her seriously or even really paying attention to her. <laughs> Because when she meets Nim, she keeps trying little badass moves, and Nim's just like, whatever. That's very cute. I don't care. This doesn't matter. <laughs> so, you know, now that they've fully emasculated this bounty hunter by using PvP moves on him, I don't know how they did that, they, they stride oh, past shit, him and make their way... Oh, shit, I was flagged from the last time I went into a PvP place. Damn it. Ah, oh, fuck, I, I forgot not to flag. <laughs> <laughs> the guy doesn't even bother getting up. He is so fully defeated by having been swept the leg that he just stays on the ground. And off our heroes go to yet another cantina with... They are running out of shit that's about Star Wars galaxies. They really are. Because they get into the cantina and they immediately note that there are the same musical instruments as the last cantina. Uh, only one person playing them because it's early in the morning yet. And there's another group of Zabrak animal tamers in here. Yeah, yeah, all true, all true. I do, God, there was a point in this where it was describing the cantina, and it describes the Bith that is there uh, performing music. Oh, yeah, the baggy-headed. There's, there's only one, and that they're like, oh, that baggy-headed alien. I'm like, what the fuck? Who describes a Bith as baggy-headed? Bulbous? Sure. Baggy-headed? I, could, I mean, honestly, a Bith's head kind of looks like if you had a huge dog turd at the bottom of a plastic bag, and then you turned the plastic bag upside down. See, kind of, I guess, because it gets wrinklier towards the bottom where the bag would be gathering up. But baggy generally, to me, means you'd be looking at something drooping down rather than up. 
No, I get it. It's like as you took a photo of a, of a bag of dog poop and flipped the photo over and drew a butthole mouth on it. That might kind of look like a bith, I guess. But no, huh. you're right. They don't look like that at all. They're they're the butthole face alien, and I don't understand why we're... I guess we're dancing around that because there were practices and standards. I guess. But again, you could mm-hmm. just say the bulbous-headed aliens. Mm-hmm. Although that describes like a thousand aliens. That, that could be Duros for all we know. No, it uh, can't. Oh, you don't know for sure. Oh, There's I know for sure. six kinds of Duros. Name I'm all six kinds of Duros. <laughs> Uh, in their in the cantina they go into, yeah. There's one Bith entertainer. There's one uh, Twi'lek dancer. Obviously, she's wearing a bikini and she's dancing for tips. And notably, no one else can hear whatever the hell music she's dancing to. Well, yeah, that's when they go into the secret back room to meet oh, him. I, yeah. There's yeah. just and some Twi'lek dancing to nothing. Yeah, yeah. Now Nim is he- hanging out with uh, some sort of sort of alien war dog on a bench carved out of a single chunk of sandstone, which tells me this is a player-created cantina that is not especially high quality. Because who wants to sit on fucking sandstone? It's going to slowly wear away underneath you and get sand all over your butt. Yeah, but I mean, it's an MMO, so you're just doing it for the aesthetic. It's not like the (laughs) bench is going to wear down. That's true. I mean, it probably will. I bet those things have fucking durability. That game was ass. Uh, (laughs) But... (laughs) So we finally get a chance to meet Nim. Now, Nim is a cagey, very important, long history pirate. I mean, his game is from the Clone War era. So he's been around for a very long time, uh, and he's an unusual species that's rarely seen in the galaxy. So when they, they sit down, he, he's he's excited to see Finn again, because I guess Finn worked with for him for, for a long time in some capacity or other. So he's like, Finn, you came in, and you brought a sexy lady. But... Nim's too classy to hit on her, her like every single other man we've met so far. Uh, instead, he's high class hitting on her. <laughs> ah, oh, yeah. you brought someone in here who's better than you are. Hi, lady. I'm the Lando style of hitting on you. <laughs> I mean, at least he was like, oh, when I look you up and down, it's mostly that I'm appraising you for how likely are you to be a threat rather than how them boobies. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know he's doing both. And uh, so, basically, when they sit down, they both want to display some quality right away so they can get this guy to do what they want. So, so Finn is already getting right to the point. He's like, I need to borrow a ship. And we'll talk about that in, at length in just a second. But what <laughs> what's, uh, Dusk tries is to look him up and down for a long time until everyone's wondering what the hell she's doing. And then finally she says... I've never seen a Fioran in person. I don't. I didn't think I'd ever actually get to. And I got. I got to wonder about the practicality of doing that because I was just thinking, what if you did that on Earth? Like, if you had to meet some guy for the first time and you wanted to impress him, and you were just like, "I'm going to stare at this guy for ten minutes." I never thought I'd actually get to meet a Cambodian person. <laughs> is uh, that insulting or is it nice? I mean, he laughs at it. Mostly because but, he's like, yeah, well, you know, nobody ever said they were lucky to meet me, so, eh. Apparently it is absolutely a faux pas, because the everyone stops breathing for a second before he laughs. It has to, it has to make it past his pirate self-importance defenses before it's okay for everyone to laugh. I assume it was a, a full-on asshole move of her to do, and he just doesn't care. Oh, I assume 
most of the interactions between Nim and Dusk is Dusk saying something that is completely inappropriate or stupid, and he is just like, that is amazing. I cannot believe you brought this person here. I am ecstatic. Where did you you find this baby moron? (laughs) Because she keeps trying shit like this. While while, uh, Finn is arguing that he should be allowed to borrow a ship or uh, get a fixed ship or whatever the hell it is, she's sitting there trying to befriend the dog. Because obviously, whatever species of dog that is, I had it written down, but I can't see it here. Uh, it's a it's too dangerous. For, a Cusack, thank you. It, it's Joan Cusack, and it's very hard to befriend Joan Cusack. <laughs> very hard. You got to let mm-hmm. your hand dangle in front of her. She needs mm-hmm. to sniff it first. Yeah, don't. Be- <laughs> Much like with Earth-seeing eye dogs, what you want to do is absolutely respect Joan C- uh, a Cusack's vest because she's definitely <laughs> going to be wearing a vest. Look, I'm I'm not going to pet Joan Cusack. She's working. <laughs> Please do not approach and pet Joan Cusack. <laughs> uh, okay. This is so... a bomb Joan Cusack. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is her second attempt to prove herself a badass. I'll pet this dog that's super dangerous. And and again, because the book is written from a perspective of this character should be a badass, it works and and uh, Nim's like, oh, someone's able to pet my weird dog. Hmm. That's not normal. Oh, yes. Well, Nim and Finn are clearly amazed. And you're like, all right. <laughs> okay, sure. Why not? I mean, if his dog was so hyper dangerous, would he really be bringing it out to a casino to, or cantina? It doesn't seem worthwhile. I mean, it's yeah. the, the explanation that they give is, of course, Dusk knows what it is and knows everything about it because it's an animal. Mm-hmm. And yep. she's like, oh, it's super dangerous and badass but if you manage to tame it it is loyal for life and you're like okay sure that's just another thing that you give to one of those like i'm a badass pirate guy and i've managed to tame a badass thing as a pet yeah it's also a classic way to describe any kind of predatory monster in star wars they all get that rancor's bond for life and it's just a regular thing it's predatory monsters have the same effective rules in Star Wars as warrior species. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, oh, Wookiees, uh, they're badass, but they'll bond for life. <laughs> Nogri. Nogri follow the exact same set of rules. The only difference is whether or not they're sapient. Uh, so, okay. Nim doesn't now, have any ships. No. But Finn is like, you owe me a big favor. Like, last time I saved your life or whatever... You owe me something big, and Nim is amazingly just like, eh, I don't really give a shit, though. No, yeah, Nim's like, I feel like I owe you a little favor, not a big favor. That's a bigger favor than what I owe you. Yeah, he's even like, oh, I'll get you a ride at least, but it's going to cost you. And you're like, wow, all right, so it's not a favor at all that you are doing. You're straight up taking payment for this. Yeah, I assume this meeting is the favor. Uh, but but yeah, he wants a favor. And the favor is nearby, here on lock, in a box canyon, some dudes have a map. It's a chip that's a hollow map of some kind. And Nim collects hollow maps. So he's like, hey, go get my map. I want my map. You got to go go north. Uh, I'll put a little, <laughs> I'll put a little uh, dot on your mini map. And... Mm-hmm. Once you find them, there will be a quest item that is a map that I want. Go ahead, bring that back to me, adventurer, and I will give you 
the ability to continue your quest chain. Also, I need you to bring me ten snake asses. (laughs) Not every snake has an ass. (laughs) Uh, Oh, sweet. This guy has like four quests on him. You know when you finish like three of them, he's going to send you to another guy. (laughs) Well, yeah, you got to do the quest for him, and then you get to take a shuttle and go somewhere else and do a different quest. Ooh, I'm earning rep with Nim's Pirate Stronghold. I hear there's a mount at the end of it. Oh, yeah, if I go out into the desert and just kill enough Corsairs for rep, I get a cool special armor. Yeah, and probably a Skurg H6 to fly from one planet to another. Okay, so it's time for them to go. But before they go, we get another MMO thing where he's just like, hey, by the way, over there is the wall of whatever gear an MMO character might need. Go get the stuff you want. Oh, yeah, well, they have to, you know change out of their RP clothes that are just there for the aesthetic and then change into actual gear. Note that Dusk, uh, who was not drunk or incapacitated or currently crippled by or racked with grief or uh, any or mentally addled in any way whatsoever, forgets Finn is there and starts getting naked in front of him. Hmm. Because that's the book this is. Oh, yeah. She's like, halfway. all right, time to, you know, thumb through some armor and various weapons and things and she's like ah this looks good time to get naked oh wait a minute there's a dude here yeah and she's like all the way got her top off and she's like oh shit i forgot there's a man here a man i have confusing feelings about i definitely didn't do this because of the feelings it's in spite of the feelings that i did this oh he's done it to me again i'm so flustered yeah Obviously, he's watching, and then he's like, oop, 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 and he turns around, that kind of thing. She dresses in a light jumpsuit with some padded armor built into it, because that's what bioengineers can wear, and for some reason, she takes a sword. (laughs) Yeah, I guess she was like, well, I'm trying to work on my melee skill for the next profession I'm getting, so, you know, I'll take a dagger and a sword with me. I need to just keep mastering careers to find out whether or not I'm Force-sensitive. Yeah, so, you know, I've already done a few, I gotta... I gotta just find the one I don't know that I need. Mm-hmm. That's so I guess we'll go into duelist or whatever and figure out if that's the one. After that, I gotta start dancing. Oh boy, Finn's gonna watch <laughs> me dance. That'll be so titillating. Okay. Uh so she gets a sword and, and some very light armor and some field kits for bioengineer shit. Uh and Finn grabs, I don't know, I think a gun. He gets twin bandoliers of ammo across his chest and a gun. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for them to venture forth into the desert. And that, I believe, is yeah. when we switch chapters, if we didn't already do it. Nope, that's it. When they finally go to head out, uh, they uh, switch chapters. And, you know, the chapter seven starts with, how you doing? <laughs> I don't know, man. How you doing? <laughs> uh I also wanted to mention real quick that during that discussion between Finn and Nim, uh, there's a point where Finn drops some names as to why the favor is owed. And he's like, didn't I help you incredibly with the gray talons? Remember that time I was part of your team on Dathomir? What about that? And I was like, oh, fuck you. You haven't been to fucking Dathomir. There's nothing there <laughs> but four switches. And at this point in, Imper- in history, it's still under Warlord Zinja's control. Yeah, but in the MMO... Oh, fair you enough. can just go to Dathomir. Yeah, you can just go to fucking Dathomir. Get yourself a Rancor. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Fuck it, who cares? Uh, 
yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, I just wanted to mention that real quick. Now it's time for us to go wandering through the wilderness, and indeed they do, for quite some time. So long, in fact, that just to break up the monotony, there's a point where, where uh, they notice a nest, and Dusk roots around in it so as to capture a spiky snake. Oh, yeah. I mean, the beginning of the chapter is mostly just Dusk trying to convince herself and everyone reading that she is a badass, because she's mm-hmm. like, it's so hot, and everything's scorching. But it's good, and I like it, and I love being out in the field and hot and dying. I gotta feel like the the problem you're really facing isn't the, you know, the the heat and the 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 walking, but that you're on a planet that has so much sulfur that it's in lakes. That's gotta be fucking with the air. Oh yeah, neither of them has like a breather or a gas mask or anything, and I just keep thinking, man, that's gotta suck a lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like, the, you're going to have that nasty stank up, and it gets incredibly hot and unpleasant. And, I don't know, have you ever actually been to some to sulfur pots? Like, to yes. real sulfur? Like, they're the worst. You don't want to get within, like, 30 feet of them. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I have gotten close to them, and I'm like, boy, that smells awful. Yeah. So, uh, this place isn't sulfur pots. It's lakes and rivers of sulfur. Yeah, that would be... I would definitely want some kind of, you know, mask for that. Yeah. And in the the uh, best example of foreshadowing that th- this book can muster, there's a point where they come across a snake nest, and for no reason that's established at this point, uh, Dusk is just like, well, I'm going to stick my hand in there, bait out a snake, catch the snake, and stuff it into a, a sample bag. Yeah, she's and just when- like, oh, I know about snakes. And right now, because it's starting to get really cool... Uh, the snake is going to be all woozy and, and tired and, and I'll be able to grab it. You're like, okay, just cause you can grab a snake doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And Finn even asked you like, what, why would, what, what are we doing? Why did you do that? And the response is, you never know when one of those is going to come in handy. <laughs> rarely. I would assume rarely in most cases. I mean, I just like the idea that, I mean, obviously she's going to use it when they go up against the uh, the Corsairs in the Box Canyon. Duh. But yeah. I would have loved if just it didn't come up and she went, oh, I guess I just have a snake now. What the fuck am I doing with this? Yeah, like, we're at Chapter 7 right now. It'd be great if around Chapter, like, 19, she was like, oh, shit, that snake. And she checks. She's like, well, it's dead. It's definitely dead. All I did was kill a snake. <laughs> I have not fed or cared for this snake at all in my adventures. I have a dead snake in a pack. I guess I'll take some samples of it. <laughs> the snake has rotted because I forgot to check it. This is nasty. <laughs> Ew. It, was, it, it was sulfurous to begin with. This was a mistake. I have goofed. <laughs> but no, but what I was saying by shit foreshadowing is that she captures the snake and is like, you never know when you need a snake. You need a snake on the next page. Yeah, obviously. Duh. <laughs> so they make their way out there and uh, to the box canyon. And sure enough, even though Nim told them there may be as many as three or four pirates out there with the map, they only see two. Now, both of them are the same species. They're uh, they're Nyctos. Yeah. Uh, not just any Nyctos, but Bashentosu Nyctos, which are the type that have uh, dreadlock kind of dangles coming out the back of their, their yellow faces. All the Nyctos are just stuff that was Jabba's sail barge guards. Yeah. Uh, now, these, are, these are the yellow ones. 
that's important though because uh they are the ones that are able to detect any sort of vibrations at all uh they've got amazing hearing for that so they're mm-hmm. like all right there's no good way visually to get close to them because they've set themselves up so that they can see anybody coming and mm-hmm. also even if we could sneak up on them, they would hear our footsteps way before we got within range. Yeah, it's all just vibrations in the air. The moment we get close, they're going to feel it, feel it, feel those vibrations. Indeed. Mm -hmm. And they're good. They're good (laughs) vibrations. Yeah, our vibrations are great. And she gets real flustered about that. And then, uh, (laughs) so they're trying to figure out how they're going to get up to these breathing tube, vibration-sensing, super... Uh, attentive Nikto, who they also do point out that because they don't have facial muscles for breathing, they look like idiots. That Yeah, that everyone, everyone assumes else... that they're dumb. Yeah, because they just don't move their faces around very much, which I think is a great excuse for this species was a cheap Halloween mask. <laughs> yeah, they kind of look like they were uh, just leftover shit that Rick Baker farted out on accident. Uh, they the, Their faces can't move at all. It's because... Uh, it's because of muscles. Don't worry. It's, uh, we got a reason. Yeah, there's definitely a reason that, you know, if you stare at one of these aliens in the movie, they do not move at all, and it just looks like a mask. That's because of alien reasons. It's the same problem that our, that our uh, local space equivalent of werewolves have. They just, they just don't move their faces very much. They're just, they look like they're big paper mache werewolf masks. <laughs> don't even worry about it. Uh, so their plan, such as it is, is that they're luckily for them, very luckily indeed, is that sharing this box canyon, or not even a box canyon, a real canyon, probably a slot canyon, is a herd of gentle herbivorous snorballs. Ah, yes, the snorballs. Now that might be snorballs, I don't know, but, but I'm going with snorballs. (laughs) That Uh, definitely sounds like a Pokemon. Snorballs! Oh, yeah, it's what Snorlax evolves into. Yeah, Snorlax uh, yeah. evolves into Snorballs. Yeah, because I know there's a little Snorlax. I don't remember what it's called, but there's a little guy that evolves into Snorlax already. But there isn't a next evolution for Snorlax. So, obviously, eventually Snorlax rolls over wrong and Belvedere's himself and goes, <laughs> Snorballs! And that's when he evolves again. Uh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, so, they're going to go cause a stampede of Snorballs. Yeah, they're like, okay... If we can move with the herd, like just sort of herd them towards these Corsairs, we'll use their footfalls to hide us. We can also hide, you know, behind them so they can't see us. And, mm-hmm. and it's then we a, get the drop a, on them. It's a good plan. But of course, uh, at this point, Finn has to be like, oh, by the way, we are for sure going to kill these people. Just got to make sure that you're okay with murder. Yeah. No, because they don't even, like, alert. It's an ambush. Our heroes cold-blooded murder these guys. And we don't even know that these guys aren't allowed to have that map. All we have is the word of a pirate. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's just like, look, they are horrible pirates. They would murder us if we didn't murder them. We're going to go in there and we're going to kill them. Are Mm -hmm. you okay? And she's like, well, I guess I'll follow your lead because that's what I do. Besides, they look stupid. Their faces barely even move. <laughs> look at those dumb idiots. Let's get these snorballs <laughs> over there. Let's kill them with these snorballs, which I assume are CGI l- lumps. They're probably those fucking things that Anakin was standing on in Attack of the Clones. 
<laughs> Those giant sheep. So they rouse the snorballs, and the snorballs aren't going to stampede through camp. They're going to stampede by camp. And sure enough, the Nikdos see the snorball stampede, and you're like, oh, neat. And then, I guess because they're assholes, they just pull blasters and start killing passing snorballs. Well, I mean, I think this is a great reference to the American West and how uh, a lot of the white colonizers would Mm -hmm. just shoot buffalo from trains Mm-hmm. Even though they were never going to do anything, just sort of for fun. Yep, mountains of skulls. The American West was a nightmare. It was absolute horrid bullshit. And mm-hmm. so now we're going to be reminded of them with these Nikto, so it's okay to murder them. I still can't get over that, that we're like out here, why are we out here to get these Nikto? They have a map that this guy wants. Is the guy legit? No, he's a fucking pirate. Like, he's a, he introduces himself as the pirate Nim. He's a pirate. He is a murderous criminal. So, and what does he want us to do? Go get us some map from some people. He says that they took it from him, but all we have is the word of a pirate. Okay, well, let's just shoot them in the back then and then go along with our way. We have standards. (laughs) Uh, I love that it's not even, let's shoot them in the back. No, it's not. They They have to come up with a fucking RPG plan. Yeah, this is some shit that our DM would get mad at us for if we if we announced we were doing this. Like, okay, there's a camp, there's a couple of guys there. You want to roll initiative? No, we want to create roll a stealth to try and get up there. No, I've got an idea. No. We're gonna create a stampede to give us advantage on our stealth roll. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Whatever. We're gonna sneak up behind them. Oh, good. So you're just gonna rob the map and go? No, I throw a fucking snake at one of them. Remember when I said I have a snake as part of my equipment? Well, it's time to use it. I'm throwing the snake. Uh, what's that going to do? The snake will bite him. You can't guarantee the snake. The snake bites him. That's how snakes work. <laughs> if I throw I, a snake and it lands on a guy and it's been in someone's sack for like the last hour or two, oh, it's mm-hmm. going to bite whatever is next to it. Yeah, we're sure of that. It's definitely not just going to fall off the guy and be a snake on the ground. But that's what she just walks up behind him and fucking throws a snake at him. And the snake immediately bites him. And we have to get a description that this guy dies of snake poison in a horrifying, painful way. Oh, yeah. Like the other guy, uh, Finn just shoots him square in the chest. He falls over dead. Whereas Mm -hmm. (laughs) the dude who got bit just goes over and has to like kneel down next to him and feel the breathing get shallower as the venom paralyzes all of his autonomic functions and i can watch the life drain from his face i'm just like fucking shit dusk and even yeah even outside of her perspective we get his death wasn't short and it wasn't easy and you're like well, that's fucked up why didn't you take a gun you're never gonna use the sword <laughs> just take a gun and murder dudes the regular way uh, well, anyway, now with them both dead, Finn goes digging around uh, face first into a tent to try to find the uh, the, the chip they're looking for. And yeah, that's when, a, sure enough, go ahead. There's a safe that he needs to crack or slice. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and slice into this safe. It shouldn't take long. Uh, I know that he said there were three or four people and we only saw two. Please do not keep a lookout. Thank you. Yeah, so she just does whatever. I assume she just sits there and watches the snake continue to bite and eat this guy. 
but that's when all of a sudden she takes a knee to the neck because, yeah, of course there were more than two people here. Yeah, no shit. If someone tells you there are three to four people in that camp and you see two, you fucked up. There's someone else out here. Yeah, at least someone else. Now, the guy who attacks them is yet another Mashento Su Nikto, uh, but this one is clearly drunk and woke up drunk. It was passed out from drinking and missed the fighting and recently woke up. So it's not at the peak of its game, more or less, but it is. it did get the drop on her, so it just... Put, uh, rings her bell and she's out but but conscious just lying on the ground unable to move as the uh, the drunk Nikto goes stumbling over to Finn grabs him by the legs and just yanks him out of the tent oh yeah he's like halfway into some fucking safe that he has cracked didn't notice a dude slam into Dusk and throw her weapons away and is just like ooh what's in here uh, now this dude just straights up kn- kneels on Finn's chest and starts just battering him in the head. Oh yeah. Just go into town on him. Yeah. So eventually, uh, eventually he sta- uh, Finn, excuse me, Dusk manages to write herself, stand up and she's like, how am I going to defeat this guy? I'm all out of snakes. <laughs> I don't have any snakes. And it's not like the sword that just got taken off of me isn't lying on the ground that I could pick up. Yeah, so, but luckily, she's a whale biologist, and so she she realizes that Mashento Su Nikto breathed through tubes on the back of their head, which is stupid, because it makes them very easy to strangle. Oh, yeah, she's like, oh, I'll just uh, jump on this dude's back, grab them tubes, and hold on like a rodeo. Mm-hmm, which is indeed what she does. She jumps on the on, on the fucking back of this guy, grabs his tubes, and honestly, I'm surprised she doesn't just tie him off. Instead, she hangs out back there trying to hold on to him, but I was like, no, nah, just fucking put a knot back there. Just murder this guy quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff a potato in one. Uh... Just be a real asshole about this. Uh, now, he, he realizes pretty quickly what she's doing because this cuts off his breathing. He's now being strangled, so he gets very desperate and does succeed in managing, after a, a long rodeo fight, of tossing her into the dirt. And then he's advancing on her and getting ready to kill her when, you know, Finn shoots him. Yeah. I mean, because Finn, unlike her, was like, oh, my gun still exists. The weapons that I had, I don't need to just fucking yee-haw on the back of an alien. Yeah, I'll just get a weapon and murder him. What is with you and not just murdering these guys? You keep drawing it out. I figured you'd have trouble doing it, and instead you have trouble not doing it. Yeah, this is kind of concerning, I'm gonna say. <laughs> Take it down a notch. <laughs> Even Ukuk's a caveman, but he knows to pull his punches. Uh, okay, so... With all the Nikto dispatched and very grossly dead, they find a map chip, and uh, Finn's like, oh, this would better be the fucking map chip I want, because I don't want to hang out in this camp anymore, and this is the only one I found that was a map chip. I'm not going to check, though. Let's get back to that mean pirate. <laughs> I love that they didn't take anything else. Like, it says that this whole chest is full of, like, weapons and goods and jewels and nonsense and they're like well we got the one map thing no need for anything else yeah you'd think that you'd maybe at least want to walk back into nim's building with a treasure chest and be like hey let's bargain buddy what else you got 
I mean, at least but, uh, if you don't, even... be like, ah, good. Some funds for the rest of our mission. That's true. That would also be very useful. Yeah. Well, they pretty much just take a walk back. Now, we do get a couple things on the walk back. It's not just a hearth back to town. Uh, they pass the same group of hunters that they pa- they met at the uh, the space platform. Notably, the guy who hit on her is conspicuously dead. He's not there. They, she just knows he's dead. Probably got oh, eaten yeah. by a Camogula. <laughs> he's not there. Probably because his mom called him to dinner and he had to log off. <laughs> oh, no, he got DC'd. Uh, oh, well, you know, we only had, it was a 10-man raid, and he was man 11. He lost the role. <laughs> he's going to do, do dailies. I'm saying this like this is, wow, there weren't raids or de- or uh, dailies that you could do in this game. <laughs> oh, no. Goodness, no. Uh, he's standing in a, in a fucking tavern watching a dancer so he can have a buff. Hmm. And then they also pass one of the local monsters that was on the planet lock in the MMO uh, called a gurk they just pass a gurk there's just like oh a gurk comes running out and i'm a gurk (laughs) so yeah (laughs) he's like he's like don't get tattoos of products you enjoy (laughs) brendan listen to me don't live on a sulfur planet (laughs) no the the gurk is Uh, like a caveman monster that was on the planet lock in the game uh and, and she's like I briefly considered murdering it with my sword, but then I realized it was just a whelp, so I just we just walked past it as it yelled gurk shit at us. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the most dangerous thing about it was that it can yell, so, you know, I'll wait until it grows up and then murder it. Then it'll be more satisfying. <laughs> it'll be worth XP. <laughs> I mean, there's even a point where fucking Finn is like, wow, hey, good job murdering that Nikto that was bigger than you. Quick thinking on choking him out with his neck breathers and she straight up is like oh my no man has ever given me a compliment like that before like oh okay honey i get it (laughs) nim complimented you at the beginning of this chapter also apparently the thing that really matters to you is someone complimenting how good you are at murder and that's what gets your motor running all right it's not even the best compliment she's received for her skills at killing in this book, because uh, we got a compliment for her from Tendow when she t- when she helped him take out that cat. Oh, that cat! I guess he just doesn't count as a man. Well, no, she's... it's the only person aside from Tendow that ever complimented her, and I don't count Tendow because he's an icky Ithorian and also dead, and I don't really seem to care that much. Nah, I got over it pretty quick. I just needed one good sleep. I needed one well, good murder. They get back to Nim, and they give him the map thing. And oh, uh, notably, very notably, Han Solo and Chewbacca are here. Yes, when they get in there, uh, Nim is already talking to Han, and you know we have to get the whole description of Han Solo like we've never heard him. So, ah, he is tall but slouched and lackadaisical, but that is to lull people into a false sense of security. He's a sexy man, but scruffy? Mm? Loaded down with lean muscle. (laughs) And the Wookiee smells like a dog or something. It's it's not... Yeah, it's just first principles Han and Chewie are here. It's very obvious. Uh, And they give him the map, and Nim doesn't even look at it. He just puts it in his shirt. He's like, Uh, yeah, sure. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he straight up didn't care. If he's just like, whatever, I just want you to go outside and see if you died so I didn't have to give you a ride anywhere. I assume it's, these are some Corsairs. They are competitors of mine. Please go murder the competition. Thank you. Bring me back a thing. I don't care. Whatever it is. Just bring me back a souvenir. (laughs) Now, he's like, okay, so here's the deal. You did the job. So I'm going to get you a ride to Corellia, which, by the way, we haven't mentioned this yet, but that's where they're going. And again, it's still not to get to a rebel stronghouse. Uh, whatever Finn's doing is very compl- confusing. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's like, uh, we can't know exactly what our mission is because if we got caught, then we'd spill and then it would put other agents at risk. So all I know is I have to go to Corellia and then when I get there, my contact will tell me where I'm going from there. Yeah, it's like this. I can know that I'm going to Corellia, but I can't know why or how fast I'm going. And that's some kind of important theory of principles. I forgot ah, what I was good. trying to talk about at the beginning. Thank I can, I can a, know where I'm going, but not how fast. There you go. That's all I really wanted to say. Uh, so Nim's just like, look, you guys are going to be riding with some Mon Calamari, but uh, don't worry. I've got Han and Chewie here flying escort for you. It, You know, obviously Han and Chewie are just going to Corellia right now. This is set between the first and second bo- uh, movies. And so Han is full gung-ho a member of the rebellion now which is weird because at the beginning of Sil- or of uh of the hoth storyline he was thinking about quitting again but here he is trying to convince nim to join the alliance yeah and he's using the same arguments that finn did where he's just like there is no other side you can't just be neutral especially you because you are a pirate the empire will fucking murder you the first chance they get and if you don't fight against them, they will get that chance. Yeah, but there's never a point in the storyline of the, or the canon of the uh, the storyline where Nim joins the alliance. So instead, he is fully intractable and just keeps going, eh, meh, nah. And I don't want to get involved remain. in your alliance burg blur. <laughs> I don't need your civil war. <sighs> and as they leave. Uh, Chewbacca and Han leave first, but as Finn and Dusk leave, Dusk tries one more attempt to be a big badass in the eyes of this pirate man, and she goes, oh, by the way, I'm keeping the sword. Consider it a parting gift. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, great. He's like, oh, for God's sake, you are the funniest fucking... Please drop a few more of these Bon Mots on me. I'm loving them. Oh, yeah. He's just like, okay, you took a sword? That's not... It's not a vibro sword. It's not a lightsaber. Nothing. Sure. Great. I don't even know why that was in the armory. Have it. I'm going to figure out who put that in my armory and have them fired and killed (laughs) and kill fired. (laughs) But yeah, sure. You go ahead and, and take that sword. Uh, That's definitely a, Ooh, that that's rough for me. You showed me. That's a class money move. That move is about $600. (laughs) So then they meet up with a, uh, a, a Mon Cal. His name's like Peralia, I think, or Perali. And uh, Perali is just like, hey, she may not look like much, but she'll fly to Corellia. And that's the end of that. Well, this ship doesn't look like much, but with Han and Chewie flying escort, obviously we're going to be just fine. By the way, I've never heard of them. <laughs> and that's the end of the chapter. Yes, indeed. There you go. They had a quick stopover on a planet to do some grinding and finish a quest, and now it's off to Corellia to 
to continue the quest chain. The tour of plants that you can go to in Star Wars Galaxies thus continues. Hooray! So uh, there you go. That's that's chapter six and seven. A real exciting time. I can't imagine what could possibly happen next. Other than that, instead of just getting a ride with Han and Chewie, they have to ride with some fucking Mon Cal on his own ship. There's no way he's not about to betray them. That's the only reason they could possibly not be on the Falcon. Oh, no, they're not on the Falcon because you can't be on the Falcon. <laughs> you must be at least this important to the canon to be on the Falcon. Oh, no, just in the game. You couldn't get on the Falcon, so they can't. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think... I don't remember if you can get on the Falcon in the game or not. You can meet Han and Chewie. There are a lot of things that the game did let you do. You could go into Jabba's palace. You could meet Boba Fett. You might have been able to get on the... In fact, uh, after You can the get your own YT-1300. That I'm not sure of. Uh, yes, you can. I, that okay, I that's know. That's good to know. Good. But I also do know that if you play the, the game after they did all the... the the changes, the two rounds of major changes and everyone hated, you actually start the game in the Falcon. Hmm. You like wake up in the Falcon and then he drops you off on your choice of starter planet. <laughs> you wake up on the Falcon and then Han Solo's like, ah, you're awake. You got caught in the same ambush we did. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And then you see a, a, a giant <laughs> Brandy Savage flying through the sky. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> brother okay all right so look forward to whatever that happens next i got no idea and in the meantime if you want some more star wars stories why not go to our patreon two dollars yeah why not you can go to patreon.com slash system mastery support us at the two dollar level you unlock our bonus content where we go to wikipedia and look up some nonsense stories and things of interest from the star wars universe and bring them on back because god knows there's still some stuff that we are never going to get to so we may as well find some more goodies as far as i can tell it's a never-ending well we've got yet more stories to tell from wikipedia sometimes related to the episode sometimes not you never know but it's always worthwhile it's a good use of, of your two dollars and it unlocks more than just that content two bucks is enough to also unlock the system mastery bonus content so it's a good deal patreon.com slash system mastery yes also definitely go buy our book because now that we've had a chance to go see the new book it looks great and i cannot wait to see it on shelves that's called dungeon meister and it's on amazon bards and noble anywhere fine books are sold about 15 of your bucks will buy you a great new cocktail guide recipe written by us go get it and not only it's really worthwhile because every time a book gets sold, it increases our chances of getting to write more books. And that's quickly becoming our, our erstwhile second career, which is rad. Huh. So help us help you write more books, by which I mean us write more books for you. Got it? Makes perfect sense to me. Got it. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you real soon with yet more Star Wars content. And until we do, I've been Elan Sleazebogiano. And I'm keeping this fucking sword.